Welcome to Tilth Talk Radio. Today we're going to be talking about our Fantasy Corn League plot with our Fantasy Corn League preview. So we walked out in the plots and checked out what was going on. So with me today are Bill Schomberg. Hey guys. Todd Schomberg. Hey to all the Tilties out there. Special guest Derek Potratz. Hi everyone. And I'm Matt Brueger, all with Tilth Agronomy. So as the plot guy, Derek, how is harvest going this season so far? It's going great. We haven't had any um, any major breakdowns with the equipment, so that's been... Officially uh, jinxed. A, a yep. Yeah, Fine. so, yep. so Done next now. week, um, we're due for an engine failure. <laughs> no, things have been going great. It's it's probably the, the best time of the year just to see data come off the field and uh, onto the computer. So it's I, I love this time of year, and it's always exciting. So Harvest is, like it's the school's out feeling. Yeah, you, you know, it's it the only you don't get that in many other professions. You don't, I mean, and it can be very stressful too. But there is something about when you when you finish up yep. bean harvest is you just got to take satisfaction in that. I imagine the recent weather has put brakes on harvest for a little bit. Yeah, um, <laughs> two and a half inches. I, yeah. Luckily, yeah. I got in um, Monday Monday afternoon. Um, got into the field and, and got one plot off before it probably is going to get pretty sloppy out there. So. Um, no, yep. she's gonna be. We're halted schlocky. this week. Yeah. Well, and it was surprising how not bad the fields were when we were walking the plots because I thought I, I expected it to be wetter. I mean, it was still tacky and slick, what whatever. But but for for two and a half inches, it was not terrible. It it's in where I've seen. It, there's a base to it yet. Yeah, if that makes sense. However, when we're recording this, we're also gonna get more rain, which will just change all this anyway. That. It feels like we're right at that cusp of where it's too much rain and going to really and hurt it, us. And it seems like it's been raining kind of overnight into the morning, so it's got kind of that daytime to dry out a little bit recently, but we'll see how the next couple of days treat us. That's like my favorite time to rain. Yeah. Then you can do work do during stuff. the day. If it's going to rain, rain at night, then you can still get your work done yeah. during the day and you're not fighting it. Ours has been bean harvest. Man, if you didn't... There was windows there, but not a lot, and you really had to be diligent through your bean. I know your bean plots, you went three days strong and really pushed. That's a good job, Derek. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, when, we were fortunate when, to get in there and get kind of get those off right away. Right away, and, right. Uh, but, you know, when you got an extent, you got a lot of acres to get through that, it's been tough for guys getting beans off. There's still a lot out there, generally. Yeah, there is. More than what it feels like for how the harvest was going, it was like, oh yeah, I'll be able to get most of them off. And, and I talked to a guy that there. he's got 60 acres left, but it, they were green. That's yeah. why he had to stop. So And now the rain's going to push them off. I mean, maybe he could have got in before now, but... Yeah, some frost coming will help that along. Yeah, next week is looking a little chilly. So I think... Yeah, it was crazy. From one Tuesday, it was 70s, and even at like you could be out at night and it was still kind of warm. Yeah. Actually, the the yeah, like the following one week like, is yes, is going to be chilly. It's going to be winter coats over uh, over, over your costumes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. at least it doesn't look like it's going to rain for Halloween, which that's the worst when it rains right. on Halloween. Todd, do you dress up when you take your kids? No, 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 not usually. I mean, I have, I guess. Do you yeah. dress up? We haven't, but lately, now the last three years, we have. Then you have, sweet. I have done both. I've done I, yeah. dressed up. Like I have a, I have a T-shirt that I like to wear this time of year. It says "Ask me about my Halloween costume," and then I, underneath, it's got like a hockey mask on the reverse side. So you pull it up over your face, and that's your <laughs> Halloween costume. Nice. 
You def you don't wear a shirt underneath that, do you? So that you're. I don't. Want that to, would be I don't really want to scare the kids. Yes. <laughs> so yes, I wear a shirt underneath. <laughs> that would be great. No one oh needs to God. see that, Todd. This man with the hairy chest is roaming the streets. Is that a face? <laughs> There's two pink eyes yeah. and a big hairy mouth. I don't know what's going on. Derek, do you Makara frequent any Halloween parties, or is it pretty um, calm? No, I haven't in years. I guess I'm getting old, so that's, yeah. that's what that means. That's what but that means. You're yeah. in that middle stage where you don't have kids that do stuff on Halloween. Yeah. But yet you're, yeah. Yep. You're, your kids probably are getting aged out of the costumes yeah, a little bit, Yeah, they're though. still doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Like That was going around the one of the Facebook pages I saw. Like, does this city have an age limit on <laughs> trick-or-treating? And, yes, it was very mixed results of some people, like... They can trick or treat as long as they want, if, as long as they put effort into their costumes. What? And, and their some kids are like, the heart. Well, some yeah. neighborhoods do adult trick or treating where you get yeah. like beer, beer when you go around. Well, I get that anyway. But my wife was tall for her age, like as a teenager. Sure. So she always got yelled at. And she's like, I don't care. You can be 18. Go trick or treating. Yeah. She hated getting yelled at. So. <laughs> so all four of them go, even the 17 year old. Do you go around? Do you go into a we city go into or go town, around? Yeah. yeah, yeah. When we only have like three neighbors, it, right? But like usually country neighbors, you get like the best candy. Usually. Yeah, they usually give you like Fair. for real, like you get like egg. a gift bag or yeah, yeah. full size candy bar. It's worth or, like five stops. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was just grandma Todd. True. Every Which, grandma. Did. Yeah. Every grandma gave you a Mister Good bar and a crackle. Huge. As long as it wasn't the, what do they call them, peanut butter kisses? Oh, yeah, those are gross. Oh, like in the yeah. black and orange. Oh, those are terrible. All right. You guys ready to talk some varieties? Let's do it. All right. We're going to rock right down the list. So, starting with, it looks like cropland. So, first. so, just Derek, why don't you explain? Like, our list is like by a company, but in the field, obviously, Derek, you talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So the, the trial is set up as a randomized complete block design. It's got four replications. So um, in the field, all of these replicate, all of these varieties are, are replicated um, and randomized. And as we were walking, um, the varieties are just random. So um, what we did here is we we're just going to go right through them in alphabetical order to make it easier to understand. One thing I would say about, and this goes, that's why you randomize and why you replicate but holy man, in the in twenty twenty three, how bad some of this data is going to be. That if you don't have that, yeah, it's gonna you need that this well, year. Even like, just looking at a couple of them, I, like this spot didn't come up. You know, late emergers, and you can see it right away. There's five six plants in a row that were terrible. Right. If that was your only rep, y- dang it. Y- yeah, you'd you'd lose a plot not for a reason that's and, right. So I I we know that, but. I really think in 2023, look at the... I keep asking guys, like, we maybe don't want to learn anything from 2023. There may not be anything worth learning because it's just a different year. But if you have stuff that's replicated data and the, and you can really look into that, I, you use that, like, R squared, which I don't remember what it means. But, mm-hmm. you know, look into the quality of the data could be a big part. It's the one you use with when you're eating pie. Okay. Pie R yeah, squared. Pie R squared, yeah. No, you're right, Todd. the The field variability this year, I think, is going to play a big, big part into that. And um, yeah, we're fortunate to have the replication in this trial that will hopefully capture some of that. So, well, as we saw the the emergence 
of our fields in general this year were right, yes. kind of crazy. So, so uneven. Right. Knowing that the plots were reflecting that is... Right. So if you do what I would call, I don't want to say normal plot, but say with a way wagon and it's not replicated, I don't know how that, that data may, from one end to the other end, because we just saw that in our plot, can be different, but there's multiple replications on it. So, yeah, just something to be aware of as you're watching data come off. All right, so first up, we got Cropland 3724 VT2P. So it's a double pro, and that is a nice... It's a, probably one of the there. larger cobs in the field. I thought I got good-looking cobs on that one. Just yeah, looked, yeah. you know, they were pretty even, good size, kind of the right amount of tip back, not too much, not yep, too little. Yeah, that little bit of tip were, it's like, yep, pop, great population. Stocks were good on that one. It was tall. It was as holding well. up. Yeah. It did have a little bit of, it wasn't bad emergence, but just a little bit on the poor side of emergence. So I, I wrote that because if it doesn't, it looks like it's going to yield well, but if it doesn't, I think it's attributed to it just couldn't get enough plants out of the ground quick enough. It was one of the few plots that had a touch of tar spot. It was, does not seem like it was really impacted at all, but I mean, it was there. So. Yeah, this is back. Let's be real. This is back on the location that we got train wrecked with tar spot two two years, two years ago. ago. Yeah, yep. yeah. so year, yeah. we're back in that same location. Really, very. I mean, we had a search for tar spot I, out there. I was just gonna say, I don't think we saw any um, tar spot really take down a, a a variety at all this year. So, yeah, for the most part, I mean, it was we had to look to find the tar spot out there in the plot. So. All right, next up we got C3852 Tricepta. That one looked good. It had kind of a shallower kernel. Everybody always talks on the deep kernel side. And then there's kind of that middle area. And then I don't know what we're calling a shallow kernel exactly. Because it almost does feel like you just have a regular kernel or it's deep. Yeah. And I I think it was just the the thickness of the actual cob inside. Yes, correct. Is Correct. pretty girthy cob base that the kernels were attached to, so it made the the kernel look a little shallower. We didn't see any of the the stalks necessarily tipped over. We did write that it had a little bit of a weaker stalk. Um, just we did kind of the push test on it, um, and that was a we called it a weakish stalk. So um, that one had a lot of extra husk past the ear, like a good two inches of husk. We yeah, you know, so maybe that could be something where it could catch extra water or something but it's a nice healthy cob i mean it looks good in general a good cob i guess just to to point out the differences in these two varieties bill's fairly large looking cob we had some that were only like 14 around whereas this was a more slender cob with some 16s so there again that difference in in girth of the cob just kind of showed visually there were some uh small second cobs out there as well in this variety did see some of those all right, next we got DeKalb 4785. So 4785 is one that is going to be replacing sort of the old reliable, which is 4727. So kind of a go-anywhere type of hybrid, and it, it did look very tall. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was really tall. It was tall. It, the cobs, what I wrote, didn't look DeKalb-y. That makes sense. They didn't like when we first saw it. It didn't. It wasn't like screaming DeKalb looking corn. Um, it looked kind of more of 
just like a normal cob, I'd call it that. So they were very low on the plant, the cobs itself, but it was tall. So it was like they were kind of down. That one had, did have a touch, a touch of tar spot, just a little bit. But this one is supposed to be pretty good on drought, and it, it did look, you know, it looked, it looked good. It's, it was, yeah, it was respectable. Yeah. yeah. So it'll be interesting to yield on this one because it, it looked like it maintained the cob size through the drought. So that was good. I, I yeah, thought that one looked pretty good. All right. Next up, we've got DeKalb 4535. And that one had a uh, decent look is what I've got here in the notes. It I, I got it looks pretty. Was not a... I uh, thought it looked great for the look of the... the Kind of an overall... Like when you used to judge dairy cattle and you just... It just looked very... It looked good in the field, kind of a feel to it. The cobs look it's, good. It's the plant looked good. Typical looking cob. It's not, yes, yeah. It's not girthy, not long, super long by any means, but it, yeah, it's a good looking cob. Upright cobs did have a little bit of a of a spongy stalk on that one, but um, all the all the stalks are upright and, and intact. So it was. I from what you what I saw, Derek, it, the stalks were really good. Like it was really standing well, and the push mm-hmm. test was nice. Yeah. So you can leave that guy out there another. Push te- how you how far are you pushing on your push test bill? Like, I don't know. All the way to the ground, tassel to the well, ground. Oh, how far down or how <laughs> yeah. high? What kind of angle are we uh, talking here? I was pushing 45? probably 45 to feel, 50 degrees. What I watched, man, it seemed like once you hit the other row, you know, yeah. like that yeah. was your... But you could tell, though, like this time of year, you just walk through, and you don't even have I, to go 10 degrees, and the bad ones are flopping down. No, the ones, yeah, you know, were weak were the ones that were like not even hitting 20 degrees, and you'd hear the... The snap. It was yeah. an audible snap. Yeah. So. All right. Next up, we've got DeKalb 101.33 Smart Stacks. That one had just, even Matt was like, get those cobs out of my face. They were <laughs> yeah. like literally. No, it was literally. They were like face. literally up in his yeah. face. It's like, probably the best. They were big cobs and they were in Matt's face. Yep. Until we saw that cropland variety, this was our biggest it was. cob, I think, that we saw yep. out in the field. Yeah. It was a very, very girthy, very large cob. Uh, not much for tip back there. I mean, just a touch, just what you'd want. You know, it's not quite out to the end, but um, wasn't pulling back. The stocks were really green. Wrinkly kernel was one thing that yeah. also that we noticed. That's in the book, I think. That is yes. it's wrinkly, wrinkly, wrinkly kernel. kernel. For 2024, no. it's a new, new trait. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Wrinkles. No, that one is a dual-purpose play, too, which, like you say, being with how green it is yet, and being the day length, it could fit for silage for a lot of guys. But and kind now, of that really, really girth cob to it. And but, if you're looking for corn growers... That yield, one could be chaser, like a right? yield chase type one, yes. Oh, yeah. That yeah. was um, and, and decent stock expansion on that one. That was actually one of the, the top three in stem diameter in the plot. So Okay. Yeah. All right. Now we'll move into Bravant, and we have a Bravant B99A24, and that was a more slender ear overall compared to some of the other um, girthy ones we'd seen out in the plot. But a nice long cob. We noted darker husks for whatever that's worth. I don't know if it's worth anything, but <laughs> it's worth everything. <laughs> and it was a little bit shorter, so maybe not on the silage side for those guys. You were used to Bravant being more of a silage corn, and that definitely was not it. Fairly tall um, uh, corn as well. So 
on your plot, it, it said tall on your data wise. The data, data interesting because yeah, we weren't we weren't see so that could be more early season tall, right? And then finished right shorter because sure. that yeah that one that one didn't finish necessarily real big. A little bit of shrinkage out there. Yeah, all this cold rain maybe that's causing some issues. I don't know. All right, our it next does have a forage quality rating in the book, so that's an interesting play. like. Yeah, yeah. I maybe just didn't look at the but. stem diameter on that one, Derek. Yeah, 99E24. It was like middle of the pack okay. on that. All right, then our other Bravant variety here, we've got B91KO5Q. So that is a a uh, little bit smaller than the uh, A24 or A29. Sorry. A24. <clears throat> was it A24? You're right. Sorry, I was trying to look at the cob and my sheet at the same time. It was not working. Uh, a little bit more tip back on this one than we saw on the A24, but overall it was still a um, you know decent looking, a little bit shorter cob. That one had some tough emergence. And looking in the book for stress emergence, it's got like a check mark. So not bad necessarily, but not good. Good. But so that you one want could. That in your better ground. Yeah, that one could be a tougher. And then it did kind of have that later poor season stalks. And you could kind of see that, that the stalks are starting to break down and just kind of had a tougher look to it. One of those where you're not going to, the look of it, you're not going to be real excited about. But if it, if it yields through it, it's good. Especially, you know, being a 91 day, it's at the shorter spot of our plot. You know, it's kind of that lower weight class type of material. All right, moving into our Dairyland varieties. We've got Dairyland 3477. That one had a little bit of tip back going on. Still not like crazy. I don't think we had any that were super far tip back, but this one was a little more than we'd seen. No BMR style, style tip back where it's like half the cob. Yeah. So. Yep. But I would yeah. say decent cob. Um, that one was like not what I would, what I've heard another farm that, the farmer that I walked plots with called Just Corn. And because he's just like, well, it's just corn. Like, it just looks okay. Nothing. It's mm-hmm. just corn. Like, there's no, nothing flashy enough necessarily to it. Um, looked okay. Kind of a tougher, and it's supposed to be really good on drought. Really good. So that'll be interesting of how well it does do um, it from yield standpoint. But nothing, nothing necessarily like stuck out with that one either. All right, next we've got Dairyland 3599. This is the Corvette, Todd. Yeah. Riding with the tops down. Not the Corvette because she's super offensive and speedy. It because, could be. Yeah, it could be too. But because every top was down. Like at our Like in your face. Yes, like, yeah. You yeah. could see it. And then we went back when you... Oh, you, did you go to we another to replication? A, another yeah, one. We, we walked to another rep, and, it, and you could see it. We, yeah, we didn't even look at what the rep was. I said, "Hey, look at this corn. It, it's that one again." And it's like, "Yep, yeah, it is." It's those pickout corns where, like, you know the number because of some extremely weird trait that nothing else showed in the plot. So, I mean, we saw some others with tops down, but not this. I mean, she's riding with her top down all day. Yeah. Like this one was so be interesting with this corn being it's a newer corn. Um, and it does have, you know, sort of supposed to be more rugged and that kind of thing. And tops come, tops coming down. So what? You know, it doesn't 
you you don't need to harvest that part. It doesn't Sun's out, really out. matter. Yeah. So if if it, that's a it's a unique trait in that sometimes from the road you're like, oh man, that looks rough, and you get it's like, well, no, it's just the tops are coming off. So what? Another one that held in like not being a really large cob necessarily, but didn't tip back too bad. Um, so it kind of held on throughout the the more droughtier season we had here. All right, then we've got. 3601 Dairyland, and that one, uh, like the last one, again, not terrible tip back, just about what you want in terms of that, so kind of holding in through a little bit rougher season out there, a little bit more inconsistency in cob size, so a little bit different flexing from that one. it was green yet out there in the field, yeah. so that one had kind of that green touch to it, which was kind of, you could tell it's more of a a pretty corn that way, but it just had, it looked, that one will be interesting when we get to yield on, on how it can actually do, because it, it looks good. And strong field, stalks but, too, the green yep. stalks and strong, if they were not snapping past the the push test with flying colors, so. All right. Then Dairyland 3881. This was a wrinkly kernel too, Matt. This one had a little bit of a wrinkle kernel. Again, maybe just a touch more tip back than we wanted to see, but still not bad for tip back. It was kind of right in there. Um, Some reddish kernels too. So yeah, a little bit of red showing pops there. Pops out right away. It, w- it was shorter, so not kind of necessarily a silage play. On this one, and kind of, I know it's more of that racehorse type of genetics. What was interesting, we talked was in our seed meetings this year. We didn't hear the words racehorse, workhorse, hardly at all. Yeah. And this was one that they talked about being more of the racehorse style. So I wonder if that in, in this plot, because of the conditions, it that tip back, it set up itself to really do well. But then the way the conditions were and the way the growing season were, it maybe pulled some of that back. So this one might be one where this particular year it maybe doesn't do well, but that doesn't mean it's 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 just more that racehorse offensive genetics to it. All right, rounding out the Dairyland varieties is Dairyland thirty nine hundred. Yeah, and and this was on Doug's team, and I, I think he made a really good pick with this one personally. Um, just had a really good look in the field. Um, you know, tall. good, good, really tall, good kernel counts, and it and the cob is really heavy too compared to the rest of the the corn I've handled. So, um, yeah, good corn, dense cob, yeah. good test weight. It's gonna have had more upright cobs too. There was so it was holding on to that moisture probably a little bit more. Not that, a lot of hanging cobs. That there. one for a grain play because it's also silage. So that one's a really good dual purpose option for a grain play in our area. That'll be interesting because it seem it's a ninety nine day probably X more like a longer day as far as green and it it is doing really well in first trials so that one will be interesting to see how it does in our trial because in some of the other trials coming off and that one matt you noted like 40 long on a lot of the cubs so yeah no it had good length to it all right now we're going to move into the young varieties that we've got here so we'll start with young 50 dt 503 tricepta do we say channel right now or still? Uh, we got to keep using the we got one more the year young, young name, yep, because yep. so. we got one more year with it, yeah. Um, but good girth. I mean, I'm holding it in my hand right now, and it's it's got some heft to it. 
Um, sit and write it. Again, that, like most of them, write about what you want for tip back, maybe a touch more. Um, so not not any real big losses there. Um, yeah, and overall just uh, kind of another just corn. Like it's a good corn, nothing real negative or super positive to say about that one, just holding its own out there. That so. one did have a little tough on the emergent side, so yep. we'll kind of see how it does to yield. Just so you could see there was a lot of late emergers that might kind of bring that one down. All right, next we've got Young 49 SP453. Bill called these cobs the bulldogs. Yeah, I did. They were like really short, but like really girthy, really yeah, it's fat. A, it's a stout, stout yeah. cob. Yeah. Like, they're, they're I'm going to make that note because I didn't, Todd. Like, it's like bulldog. Your bulldogs, yeah. That one, it was another one. It had a touch of tire spot, but it did not seem to affect it at all. It was not enough to to really damage uh, yield on that one. A little bit of tip back, but again, not not really anything terrible uh, concerning there, looking at that cup. It's a good point on the tar spot on that one because it's one of the only couple that I that we saw a tar spot on. So, and like you say, it didn't affect it, but it was there. Yep. So, All right. Next up, we got Young 48DT444 Tricepta. That one was a uh, another greener stock. Had a little bit, was hanging on to that green a little bit. This one, you know, looked fairly consistent. Like there wasn't necessarily like a flashy year. Kind of upright cobs. Just kind of, yeah. Just consistent. I, so. I marked boxy. Like it's kind of got yeah. a boxier ear, like mm-hmm. four corners to it. Was bleached out a little bit more than some of the other ones on the. Yeah, the that panels. one had a little bit of color discoloration um, for whatever reason. I mean, it just had that, that look to it a little bit. All right. Young 48443. Yeah, this one, um, it looked good. Uh, there was a little bit of tip back out there. Um, about half of the, the tassels were, were coming down. But other than that, um, okay-looking corn. Uh, there, was, there was a little bit of sponginess to the cob, but other than that, uh, good-looking corn. The husks were open on that one. Yeah, yeah that one had more a open. Lot of openness there, so all this rain we're getting this week is probably going to help that. that Not help, but it's going to fight through that. That one, too, have got... Uh, a note that it was about 50-50 upright and hanging cobs. So kind of split right down the middle compared to a lot of them we saw either mostly upright or mostly down. This one was kind of right in the middle. That is interesting, Matt. I didn't notice that, but that is a good note. Is Usually what we saw out there was either you know, 80-20, 80% up, 20 down, or the opposite, 80% down, 20. Like in this one, we didn't have many 50-50s. So. Yeah. All right, rounding out our young varieties, we got 42DP403. This one did have some emergence gaps that it's going to have to overcome. So it's odd as some of the other emergence we saw were just latecomers. This one, those latecomers never showed up to the party, which actually might benefit it because those latecomers didn't do anything on the other ones. So, you know, where it did have, and it wasn't a lot, it was just a little, I don't know what kind of population you got on that one, Derek, but it, it seemed like 
it's going to have to overcome that. But the Cobbs that threw were nice. I mean, they're filled out to the end. This one's 18. Yeah. Filled so, right out to the end. Yeah, really not much tip back. Uh, really a healthy-looking Cobb is one of the notes I had. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, not uh, we've seen a little bit of mold and stuff out there in a few spots. We talked about open husks on the last one. Didn't really see that on this one. Um, so, you know, birds and other critters aren't getting in there and pecking at it. So, I just thought with the Jung genetics, what's interesting is those cobs we just all had held up look all quite different. You know, like the calves got a certain look and some of these got a certain look and, you know, some of these Jung ones were real narrow and long. Went from the bulldog to the, right, the real narrow. Right. Yeah. So it's just a very, which which can be good in genetics that there's that sort of variation. All right. Next, we're going to move into some Bex varieties. So our first Bex variety <laughs> is 4672Q. Um, that one had a little bit more tip back on the cob than we'd seen in some of the other ones. Yeah, almost to the point of a little too much tip back, but we'll see how that that yields. And the the plant health looked um, pretty good in that plot overall. That one we had a, a rare uh, green mold on that one that had a, had our unique Packer cob we called it because it had a little bit of green and gold going on there. So luckily it wasn't all over, but no, some of it. Yeah, it was something to watch maybe for a high moisture corn or something like that. And yeah, maybe it's unique, but I had, like Matt commented, we had never seen that color. Exactly. Yeah, and, and like you said, it was one cob, but it was just kind of unique. It stood out on that plot. Um, but yeah, overall, other than the tip back, was a decent looking uh, variety there. So I had that one listed as tall as well. So yeah, yep, another tall could be a silage option there. This one's interesting because, like, part of the genetics. Are actually from Wisconsin on this one, and the other part is a really long day female, so it's kind of a unique blend to get a ninety-six day. Sure. So it'll be interesting how this one kind of finishes out, and it it is a it is a dual purpose potential for silage as well. All right, and our other Bex variety is forty-five hundred one VT2P, and that one, um, like we said before, we had. Different var- variations of hanging or upright. This one was all hanging cobs, so it seemed to dry down. Uh, might might be one of those, as the new terms we've been hearing, die and dry, dry, dry type uh, varieties. So it's very unique because these are Bex's. The one we had previously is a Corteva based genetic. This is a Bayer based genetic. So you can see that, like you say, die and dry and. I don't know what we want to call them, Dumbo ears, where they're all floppy and hanging. Or Not a lot of tip back on that one. No, that looks uh, nope. perfect. And, nope. and the whole plot seemed pretty yep. good that way. And very cylindrical, I would call the cobs. So they're not necessarily overly girthy, but they're they're long and they're fairly uniformly round. So mm-hmm. It's like a white claw can. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Crack into a Bex 45 It does look like a white Look, Picture a hanging white claw can out there. And that's what it it's was not like. a beer can or a pop can. It's a white claw. It's a soccer mom. Cub. Uh, soccer, yeah. There you go. Baseball mom, cub. All right. Now we're going to move into Partners brand. So we had three varieties here. First one will go with 6255 as a conventional corn. So a um, little bit. Tip back there, but pretty close to what you'd want. I mean, it's not really 
lacking in any, by any term. A um, little bit weaker stock on this one, but um, overall was still hanging in there. This one had kind of that most tops down, most ears down. Yep. Kind of look to it and um, okay cobs and this is kind of one of a couple of conventionals in there and we didn't we did not see any corn borer problems we did you know one thing to talk traits it's good to to know when you didn't need them no tire spot either on that yeah you know it's not it's some of these conventionals still can go with the big dogs sometimes so it is something to to think about of obviously the price difference in this conventional to other corns that you'd have and and there can be a value play there and that is getting to be a, a tighter market as far as selection variety out there so uh, good to keep an eye on those if you're looking for for conventionals speaking of we've got another one here 6301 is another conventional from partners brand uh, that one's a little bit bigger girthier cob than this last one still kind of that same you know a little bit of tip back but not not bad by any means this one's did struggle with emergence that that in the harvest rows especially are going to be interesting how that plays out. And it was shorter genetics, so this one is definitely is, you could is tell one of the shorter. shorter. Yeah. All right, and rounding out the partner's brand, we got 6962 VT2. Todd, you had noted long shank on this Yeah, guy. this thing had like a, it was like an arm was hanging off it, holding the Shanks for days. It was a big <laughs> shank. And another thing I got to note on these is it was one of the taller um, varieties out there, and it also had the, the the biggest stem diameter as well. So could be a really good silage play with this variety. And and there was a little bit of brittleness to the stock, so that would make some sense that we'd take it for silage and get it out of there. Right. But, yeah, as far as a cob goes, I mean, I'd, I'd say that's a pretty typical size cob, so nothing. Filled to the tip, though. Yeah, filled Not right as out. Much tip back is the last one, but I know this one too for silage is a good play. But it's kind of a unique duo where it seems like it's good at both. Kind of can can do both. And with the VT two, Todd, your your shank for an arm, you're good. Yeah, you're not gonna have, have cornbrewers, right. you know. All right, next up we got a couple legend varieties. So we have first legend ninety three ninety seven. This had that power core, so kind of that newer genetic trait base, and kind of was just an okay corn, you know, like a little more tip back on this uh, one, yeah, than some of the other ones, but but uh, girth cob and very big around, yeah. yeah. So I mean, kind of a a corn that that looks looks for for the day length for all that looks good, you know, nothing nothing sort of stand out here that I had. That's one was like a just corn. And we noted flat kernels on that one, so who knows what that means, but they weren't round, they were more flatter. Yeah. All right. Uh, our other legend variety is 9300 AAA, AAA. Yeah, there wasn't uh, a ton of tip back in this variety. It looked good out there. A um, little bit greener stock, but in general had some deeper kernels and a, a good-looking corn. Yeah, is I that, got green and girthy. Is that the one we G, bro- when you G. broke? It was like the cob itself was very, very slender. No, it was like a big old kernel to yeah. it. Yeah, like a tiny cob. It looked like in mm-hmm. a yeah, yeah. That's yeah. pretty small. Yeah. 
So the cob itself is very small, but the kernels are very tall. All right, and rounding out our plot, we've got the Power Plus 26192AM. That was a upright, intact variety, so overall um, keeping those cobs up. A little bit of tip back going on. Um, slightly more probably than, than we want, but not terrible by any means. Seemed like it flexed pretty decent out there, even with some potential population issues. But uh, Definitely a nice cob for the population that was there. Yeah. All right. So that's it. That's our preview of some of the varieties we had, or all the varieties, I should say, that we had out in our fantasy plot. So hopefully once the weather clears, Derek will be able to get out there with the old combine and take her to yield and we'll find out in a few weeks here what the results are so what's your favorite part we do the draft we do kind of this where we pick the cobs and then there's the combine data time and what's your favorite out there of of those three things the the data time i okay i like i like to get into to get that the data and, yeah because it, it means you're completed for the end of the season and, and also you, that's the most exciting time i think is just Dive in and see what really worked that it's year. The Super Bowl, Todd. I I just I almost like the Pro Bowl because this is my favorite to just look at the co- like look at right before you're gonna harvest, get a good look at it. You know, you watched it throughout the year at times, and yeah, just get a good handle on the cobs, see what they're like, get your eyes on them, get get that feel for if if something comes back in the data and you go like, how did that one do that good or that bad? You can kind of have some eyes on it to know why. Because I think some of this so much is I, I do like looking at plot data, but you look at so much of it, you don't you don't you miss a lot of it just seeing it in the field, and seeing how it looks. You can really really feel you can really get a good feel for that data if you have, like it puts them together yes. right, like the number, the yield, the what the way the cob looked. You can like remember a variety a lot better because you have more data points or more touch points to to see that variety. Right. I think I do like this better that we're not trying to yield estimate the teams. We tried that yeah, we did. a couple yeah. times, and our, the, <laughs> the data bore out that we were way off. I mean, not way off, but yeah, we were off. We but, were off enough, but also, I mean, look when we look at the actual yield of the individual plots, they're always within you know five to six bushel for the most part, maybe. By team. I by think, te- yeah. I think by team, we our widest gap is has it's, been it's pretty close been extremely it's, close if yeah. you think about it you should, i never thought you've never have you done the statistics on if somebody is statistically better at picking varieties by that by I, team. I, yeah i really yeah well, we're this not, is year three so yeah right? well i think last year we saw i think it was doug's team had some more consistent top five players but didn't win the competition yeah. Yep. He had like three of the f- top five or something like that, but he also had one of the worst varieties. So that that'd be a hard statistic because it, all you need is one, one variety to tank one you. One dog will tar- yeah, yeah. take you out of the game, and that could be weather, could be population issues, could be a number of things yeah. that affected it. So that's why this is for fun, folks, not for well, and gam- I think gambling we, purposes. We learn a lot from it. Yes, a lot, a lot. You can learn from these. So. In the end, the data really is what we're we're getting out of this and and learning more about 
these varieties that way. So, All right. Well, that'll do it for this week. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for having us, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Thanks to all the listeners out there. Hopefully you got some good information here, and we'll let you know what the results are as soon as we have them. So thanks for listening, and as always, happy farming. Thank you.